Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. I want to welcome you to Calvary Live, the call-in show where you, the listener, get to call in and ask questions and to give prayer requests. I am your host for today's program, Pastor Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley. I'm so glad to be back with you. So as you heard at the opening of the show, give me a call at 303-690-3000. This is an opportunity for you to ask questions about the Bible or perhaps Christian living or maybe some of the uh, events that you see going on around the world. How should we as Christians uh, respond to it? What's our worldview? And so we'd love to talk about the things of God, about Jesus, uh, point you to the Word of God to give you clarity and understanding. So 303-690-3000, we have open lines, so grab one of those open lines early in the show, and let's talk about the things that really matter to you, the things that are important to you uh, concerning the things of the Lord. Uh, There is a means for you to be able to text in a question or uh, to text in a prayer request. There's a text line uh, dedicated just for that, and that is at 720-336-0897. Let me give you that number again. Is 720-336-0897. For those of you who regularly listen to Calvary Live, I would uh, put that in your uh, contacts uh, in your favorite, so uh, whenever you want to text in a question, you can do that. And also the number that you can be live on the show, 303-690-3000. Live for those of you who are listening on Grace FM all along the Front Range, uh, from Pueblo all the way up into southern Wyoming, 101.7 in southern Colorado. That's Pueblo and Fountain and Colorado Springs. Hey, I'd love to hear from you guys. I was down in Colorado Springs this weekend and uh, got so many friends down there, uh, me and Sue and our family, that we love so much. And so I'd love to hear from you uh, down in southern Colorado, then northern Colorado, uh, 89.7, up into Wyoming. Boy, it's a hot day today, right? Summer is full on, and uh, we are in those months where the days are long and the days are hot. And so if you're out taking a walk or maybe you're just— Uh, being refreshed, uh, sitting outside or in the house, uh, give me a call, and and I want to be a blessing to all of you. Maybe you're on the road, drive carefully, and uh, maybe you're out um, in the wide-open roads of Weld County or southern Wyoming driving a tractor or oil rig, truck, or something like that. If you got the opportunity to call, give me a call at 303-690-3000. The text line 720 Three three six zero eight nine seven. We also want to welcome all those listening on Hope FM and Truth FM on the East Coast. Uh, we'd love for you to call in on that number at 303-690-3000 and uh, be on the show. You are a week delayed. Uh, so i uh, going to wait for the phone lines to start ringing. While I'm doing that, um, it's been a sp- special week, even though it's uh, only Tuesday now. And 
We Sunday had uh, a big celebration for our 22nd anniversary as a church. It was back in 1996 that we had our first Sunday morning service with just a handful of people uh, on the first Sunday of June. And we're so grateful and thankful for the mighty things that the Lord has done. And we were just giving thanks to the Lord, but also looking forward to the future as uh, we were able to uh, ordain some new young pastors, three of them. So excited what the Lord is doing as he grows the ministry here uh, at Calvary Chapel and want to continue to just uh, be in that place where the Lord is working. So we got so much to be thankful for. And uh, so Sunday was very special. Uh, the guys from Grace FM were up, uh, and we just had an enjoyable morning uh, in uh, fellowship with one another and giving thanks to the Lord and uh, recognizing the great things he has done. But also, uh, we've had Vacation Bible School this week out at Island Grove Park. And those of you in the Greeley area, you know uh, Island Grove Park is the main park here in Well County and in Greeley, where the Greeley Stampede will be taking place later on this month. And we, we just had a, an incredible time. And I, I feel so grateful to... Um, those who are volunteering, we've had nearly 90 volunteers helping with Vacation Bible School with this uh, children's festival, this park outreach, and uh, we're seeing fruit, kids making decisions for Jesus. Um, it's been so incredible to see God move, and um, so uh, we just are looking forward till tomorrow. So if you have an opportunity, you're here in town, you're just hearing about it, uh, Island Grove Park at 930, and you'll see us out there. But um, we've had a number of kids, as I mentioned, that had given their lives to the Lord. And it just reminds me of what Mark chapter 10 declares, that uh, there was those parents that brought little children to Jesus, that he might touch them, but the disciples rebuked those who brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased and said to them, Let the little children come to me, and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. And assuredly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. And he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. And Everything that we read about the Lord having to say about children and ministering to children uh, is that we know that God loves children, that Jesus loved them. He was greatly displeased with his disciples when they were trying to keep the parents from bringing them to Jesus. Now, Jesus was never displeased with his disciples when they did not understand a parable or a teaching when they were arguing who's going to be the greatest, but this is one time that he was greatly displeased with them. And I just, it has been reiterated to me by the Lord, uh, preparing for vacation Bible school, praying, just seeing God move and work, um, and just being blessed, seeing all those who have responded to the call to reach out to our community that, that we need to make it a priority in the church to minister the truth of the gospel and the truth of God's Word to our children. And um, that's why we place such an incredible importance and priority of children's ministry here, as well as youth ministry, uh, because the world is not giving them truth and love. 
there are two things that we can give them, and that is the love of Jesus Christ, the truth of God's Word, the truth of the Gospel, and how they need that desperately. So um, I just pray that uh, you who are parents, um, that there can be so many distractions out there that keep us away from you know just really focusing on raising our children in the ways of the Lord and having them be in fellowship in a place where they are learning the Word of God on their level. And, and I pray that all of us, that our hearts would be stirred, saying that this world is not going to uh, give them truth. The world's going to deceive them, even at an early age. And we want to make sure that we are, not only as you as parents and grandparents, raising your children in the ways of the Lord, but that also that the church is really making a priority to minister to our children, not just child care or entertaining them or babysitting, but really getting them grounded in the simple truths of God's Word that it penetrate their hearts. And so uh, that's what I want to share with you. So 303-690-3000, give me a call. Uh, if you got a question or a prayer request, let's go to line one to Benny and Fountain. Benny? Hello, Pastor. How are you, sir? Good. How are you, Benny? I'm great. I'm great, sir. Um, I have a question. I was speaking with a co-worker of mine, and um, he was telling me that he's a Hebrew Israelite. And um, and he told me that Jesus was dark-skinned or black. And I was like, well, no, I see white Jesus in, in my Christian church every Sunday. And he told yeah. me that, um, he goes, how, how would uh, Jesus go blend in with the Egyptians to go hide then? And I was like, well, the Egyptians, they show a lot of pictures of the Egyptians are white. And so he's more or less telling me that Jesus was dark-skinned, and there's no white Jesus. And I'm, I'm, just, I'm just confused. Well, there's no description, physical description of Jesus uh, given to us in the Scriptures. Matter of fact, um, I'm going to read to you from Isaiah chapter 53 um, that tells us that he had no form or comeliness— uh, or that is, the word means appearance, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Um, in other words, what that verse is saying, that, you know, Jesus wasn't glowing in, you know, in the dark. He didn't have a halo over him. So there's no physical description of Jesus. The only hint that we have is in John chapter 8, when Jesus is disputing with the religious leaders, and Jesus said, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. They responded by saying, but you're not even 50 years old, and you're saying you saw Abraham, you know, 2,000 years ago. So Jesus, we know, was in his early 30s at that time. So he may have looked older than uh, what he really was. But here's the thing to remember, that Jesus was Jewish. And if you go to Israel today, the Jews— most of them are more dark-skinned, um, but, you know, even though you have Jews from all over the world. So he probably was uh, more of a dark-skinned, brown eye, coming from a Jewish background, a Jewish family, because that's more um, what they're like. Now, he could have been lighter-skinned. We don't know for sure, but sometimes, uh, you know, I'll see pictures of Jesus uh, coming forth kind of like uh you know, long flowing blonde hair and blue eyes. Probably he was more looking of Jewish descent because he was a Jew. So does that help? It does. And then one more thing, please, if I may. Um, so sure. then, 
um, when I, isn't that like the identity then? Because my, my pastor, he has a picture of the white Jesus with the, uh, he didn't got blue eyes, but he's got the, the sandy blonde hair, long hair, and a picture book up there, and then he has the wooden cross. And, 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 and my friend was telling me that that's idolatry, because we don't know what he looks like. So then why would my pastor have him on the front of the church? Well, the, you know, yeah, the, and that's the thing, is, you know, um, there's nothing wrong with having a picture uh, of Jesus. We we have had a few pictures uh, that depict Jesus, and nobody's going up and worshiping that, you know, that poster that may be in the youth room or in the Sunday school room, um, you know. But ain't uh, they, but it, ain't they, I'm, I'm sorry, that you, but ain't they, though, because why would it be up there? I mean, I, I'm just, they would just sure, me like a ton of bricks. I'm like, well, why does well, the pastor have it up there if that's not what he looks like? And, and we're not supposed to have no pictures at all of him, because we don't know well, what he looks like. Yeah, and, and that, that may be a, com- a conviction that you have, but, you know, having a cross up front, is that idolatry? You know, you could go that route. And um, I think the important thing to remember is is that we don't know exactly what Jesus looked like. He was of Jewish descent, and the important thing to remember is that he, um, you know, died for our sins, and he rose again, and um, so yes, I kind of leave it at that. Okay? Yes, sir. Okay, God bless you. Thank you so much. You bet, Benny. Yeah. Bye-bye. Thanks for calling. 303-690-3000. When somebody hangs up, there's an open line. So we don't know what Jesus looked like. I remember being in South Sudan, and uh, going through the Sunday school rooms, and it was um, the little kids that were there, they had pictures of Jesus they painted on the wall, and the 12 disciples, and they were all black. Um, Matter of fact, when I was in South Sudan, uh, when I was with Pastor Bob Davis and me, some of those kids, we were the first white person that they had ever seen, and they thought we were a ghost. But they could relate to Jesus, you know, on the wall there being black and the 12 disciples. And it was so cool to see that. So I don't believe that it's necessarily idolatry because the kids paint picture of Jesus or there's a picture of Jesus on the wall. And uh, we want to keep everything in perspective. Let's go to line two to David in Aurora. David. Yes, sir. How are you today? I'm doing great. I'm blessed. Hot one, isn't it? Bless. I'm a blessed. Good. I got a question about uh, fallen angels. I know that saying we have our children. You mentioned earlier about our children, and we have to, you know, bring them up to uh, God's eyes and all. And you know, Satan has to wait almost 15 years, but we got to lead him to the right path. The children's are, so he can't have my children. They're gonna have to make their own decision. But I'm wondering, are there still fallen angels? to this day, because, you know, Lucifer was a fallen angel, and I'm wondering if there's, to now, is there still angels falling? Well, if you're asking, are there angels presently that are falling, like uh, all of a sudden they rebel and they become a part of, you know, the fallen angels, which make up the demonic force, Um, the Scripture doesn't tell us that. Exactly, Uh, the Scripture doesn't, and I'm wondering about that. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting because you can go back and read Revelation chapter 12, and in Revelation chapter 12, which chronologically takes place in the middle of the tribulation period, um, 
there is the story how a war broke out in heaven and Michael and his angels fought with, I'm reading from verse 7, Revelation 12, fought with the dragon, that is Satan, and the dragon and his angels fought, and they did not prevail, nor was the place found them in heaven any longer. So um, the great dragon was cast out, the serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So there are those who say, is that yet future? Or is that just a reference to something that's already happened? We know from Isaiah chapter 14 that it speaks about um, how Lucifer fell and became Satan, uh, how you have fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son in the morning, and you have said in your heart, I will ascend to the heaven, and I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of the congregation. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds but yet you're going to be brought down to Sheol. So we know that that Lucifer was a, a, a beautiful um, cherub, um, an anointed cherub. Uh, Ezekiel tells us, a worship leader. He fell, right. became Satan, and then there is the demonic force that fell with him that are highly organized, uh, principalities and powers, spiritual wickedness in high places, Ephesians chapter 6. Now, Revelation chapter 12, speaking about that time, or is this uh-huh. yet something that's going to happen? Um, we know that Satan, for Job chapter 1, there's a lot of the spirit world that we don't know, has access to heaven. He doesn't live there. Remember, he's standing before mm-hmm. the Lord, and the Lord says, Hey, Satan, have you considered my servant Job? And this kind of goes along with the comment that you were making. Right. And that there word are three consi- heavens, the God above the third heaven. Well, you yeah, know. the heaven where the throne of God is. So he has mm-hmm. access. He said that, yes, I've studied Job. And that's the thing. He studies you and me. That's a military term, that word, uh, in the Hebrew, which means that he studies us to see how he can get a foothold into our lives. Amen. So You're right about that. There's fallen angels. There's a demonic world out there. Um, you could go and do a study on it, and um, it's, it's you know something that is very real. But whether there's angels falling, uh, the Bible doesn't say. I do know this, that when we go to be with the Lord— we're going to be glorified. We're not going to be tempted uh, in that way. And then also, when he creates new heaven, new earth, new Jerusalem, no more sin. It's it's done with. And Satan is thrown into the uh, lake of fire along with the Antichrist, oh, false yeah. prophet, and, and those who have rejected him. Yeah. So hopefully that, that helps out. So, yeah. So good the question. question. David, you're breaking up a little bit. I think I lost you, so hopefully I answered your question. Yes. Good question. There you are. So, um, Thank you. But you, Thank me- you, you, mentioned, you mentioned about praying for our children because you are right. The enemy is working overtime on our children, and we want to make sure that we're covering them with the love of Jesus and the Word of God. So thank you, David. Appreciate you calling and asking that question. So let's, let's go to line one to Aaron in Aurora. Aaron? Yes. How are you today? Good, how are you? I'm doing good. What can we do for you today? So I had a uh, technician. Uh, we had we have a uh, automotive shop, and uh, he got injured kind of today uh, working on a car, 
and uh, he's had uh, quite a few surgeries in the past, so it uh, sounds like he tore some scar tissue. And so uh-huh. I just have a prayer request that uh, that he would be all right and that everything would be uh, fine and he would heal up quickly and be able to rest and, and get back to work because he uh, really wants to get back to work and doesn't want anything, you know, getting in the way of, of how far he's come from his surgeries. God's really helped him through his surgeries and through his cancer in the past, and so we're just praying that he would uh, help him again, uh, that there yeah. would be no issues. Absolutely, Aaron. So, Father, we just pray for this technician that Aaron works with. He's gone through a lot. He's been through what I understand, cancer. Mm-hmm. He's been through other surgeries. And, Lord, um, he was injured today. So I pray that you bring healing uh, he's one that wants to work. Um, it, it sounds like he, he doesn't want to set back. He's come a long ways. You have helped him in that uh, by your incredible grace and, and healing given to him. But, Lord, we pray for once again that you touch his body, that uh, there wouldn't be uh, such injury that it's going to be a long uh, rehabilitation or whatever, Lord. We just commit it to you. We pray for you to work. We pray that he would heal quickly. He get back to work that where he wants to be. And Lord, I just pray that you would show yourself strong on his behalf. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Hey, you bet, Aaron. We're going to keep praying for him. All right. Thank you. Okay. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Let me give you that text line again, because uh, oftentimes, especially this time of year, sometimes we have, as we get towards the end of the show, we have time to go over those text questions. So that text line that texts in a question or a prayer request is 720-336-0897. Love to hear from you guys from Truth FM or Hope FM on the East Coast. Remember, you're a week delayed, but you can call in and you're live on the show, and then you get to listen a week later as they will air out there in Pennsylvania and New Jersey and Maryland and North Carolina and Tennessee and Kentucky. And we're so glad that you guys can join us here on Calvary Live. What a blessing it is for you guys to be a part of the show. Let's go to line three to Steve in Denver. Hi, Steve. Thank thank you, Pastor. Hey, my question goes... uh, hand-in-hand hand with one of the previous callers uh, are to uh, God talking with Satan about Job. If, if God can't look upon sin, like when Jesus took on the sins of man and God couldn't look upon him, I know Satan isn't sin, but he is sinful. How is it that God could be in the presence of Satan and have a conversation with him? Yeah, and yeah, then, that's, and then yeah. kind of another part, if we are sinful and God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are a trinity one, how can the Holy Spirit dwell in our hearts if we are sinful? Well, you're asking good questions, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to answer you uh, with, you know, uh, that will suffice you, but... That is interesting that there's this drama that's played out in the heavenly scene in uh, Job chapter 1, and then also in Job chapter 2, as um, here they are, the, the, um, these, these angelic beings are presenting themselves before uh, the throne of God. 
And um, matter of fact, it says that the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. Um, apparently, he has access. He's able to do that. Uh, you're saying that, you know, if God can't look upon sin, and we think about that, um, God does see sin. I mean, he, he sees everything. Um, he sees it when I sin. Nothing's hidden from him. So, um, you know, it, it it's um, something that, um, that you know, it, he doesn't see it, but he does see it. And, um, and I can't imagine if being God, if you could see every sin that takes place. But somehow <laughs> Satan at this time is able to have access or, you know, to the throne of God to where there's this conversation. We see the same thing in, I believe it's Zechariah chapter 3, that vision there. Are you familiar with that? Uh, no, that, that one doesn't come to mind. You might look at that, Steve, because that one is um, where Satan is there with Joshua the high priest standing before the Lord, and the Lord says, Satan rebuke you. And But what is interesting in that, Steve, is that Joshua to the people would be wearing the priestly robe and the ephod, very beautiful robes, seen as being so righteous, but when he's standing before the Lord, he's in filthy rags. And mm. then the Lord says, take those filthy rags off of him and get him clean garments. And it's a picture of our salvation. We can't stand before the Lord in our own righteousness, right? Um, right. It's like filthy rags, as Isaiah says. So I kind of see it more that way. Um, and, uh, of course, the Holy Spirit in our heart um, that dwells in our heart, even though we can lust, we can be angry, we can sin in our hearts. I believe that grieves the Holy Spirit. Um, there is that that closeness, that intimacy that really is broken when we're involved in sin, when we're um, continuing in sin, when we're entertaining carnal and lustful thoughts. That fellowship is really broken. So, um that's what the Bible shows us, to grieve the Holy Spirit. There are things in our hearts that are unlike the Lord. And, and that's why, uh, you know, Paul, when he's writing to the church of Ephesus, he says that, hey, um, you know, uh, that the Lord, uh, the mystery is he dwells in your heart. And that word dwell means that he makes himself at home in our heart. And, you know, so... I always ask, is there anything on the walls of my heart that would make him very uncomfortable? And, you know, it really is uh, something that he sees our hearts, he knows what's in our heart. We don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit um, by entertaining those lustful thoughts. And that's why it's so important that we present our hearts before the Lord and say, as David did, that, Lord, search me and try me and see if there be any wickedness in me. So I don't know if that so helps. That a living sacrifice. Yeah, we're a living sacrifice. And as Romans chapter 12 says, um, that, you know, this is our reasonable service. Uh, all because, you know, he starts out chapter 12, therefore. So for 11 chapters of Romans, we see how Paul presented that we're all sinners. We're saved by grace, the doctrine of justification, then the doctrine of sanctification, and it's such a powerful book, and he says, because of that, now this is how you're going to live for him in chapters 12 through 16. 
Therefore, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, which is your reasonable service because of, you know, his mercy and grace that's been poured out on us. So, yeah, amen. Well, thank you for that. You bet, Steve. Uh, Thanks for calling in. I appreciate your question. Good question. And like I said, I don't know if I answered to suffice you, but, uh, you know, the Lord desires for us um, to have, it's a heart issue, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And you know, to have that clean heart. And what is also interesting, Steve, you might do a study on, is there a difference between a clean heart and a pure heart? I know that the Lord cleanses us uh, as we confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all all unrighteousness. But a pure heart, that's something that I want to desire. So thanks for calling. We'll be right back after the break. Thanks. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And you are listening to Calvary Live. I am Jeff Biggs of Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado. So blessed to be with you on this hot Tuesday afternoon. And so I pray that you can be a part of our show. we got plenty of time left for you to be able to call in and ask a question. We have open lines, a a couple open lines. 303-690-3000 is the number to call, or you can text in a question or a prayer request at 720-336-0897. So we've had some good conversations, some good questions, and I just want to say it really blesses me as you read your Bibles and you're growing in the Word of God, these questions— and some of these questions are not always easy to answer. And uh, But what blesses me so much is that people are studying their the Word of God. They're asking questions. And I want to commend you for that. I want to uh, encourage you to continue to be in the Word of God, uh, for us to search the Scriptures together, to be like the Bereans of Acts chapter 17, to see if these things be so. And we can go to God's Word for truth. We can go to God's Word for encouragement and exhortation. And I love to be a part of uh, your lives to do this as you call in. So give me a call at 303-690-3000, and let's talk about the things of the Lord and go to the Word of God together. Let's go to Jason in Westminster. Jason? How you doing? How you doing, Pastor Good. Jeff? Good. How are you? Good. I don't know if you recall me uh, calling about four or five weeks ago. Uh, my wife was having... Uh, back problems and possibly back surgery. Um, we right. just moved up here uh, to help plant a church. Right. I remember. So and I, I wanted remember... to call and give, give you a praise yeah. report. Good. Praise God. So I remember asking you to call back and, and follow up. Yes, sir. Um, so uh, the day after I got off the phone with you, uh, she had a an appointment with another surgeon who took the exact same MRI that the previous surgeon did and uh, said that he needed to do surgery immediately, didn't know why anybody was waiting uh, to fix her. Um, But, you know, we continue continue to pray and have faith that 
God was going to heal her without surgery. Um, she did go through with the surgery a week later, uh, and it was to just kind of go in and alleviate some of the pain um, on the nerves in her hip. Um, and after the surgery, the doctor came back, and he told me that during the surgery, it went great, um, no complications. Uh, the part that was boggling him was that he could uh, find absolutely nothing in her back that was causing the pain. And all I heard was, God healed her. Um, she's been gaining strength in her back over the last three weeks since the surgery, um, you know, because he did kind of go in and mess around with some of the muscles. So those are still a little tender. Um, but, you know, just praise God that he couldn't find anything causing the pain. And from this point forward, we're just believing that God healed her completely and she's going to be back to 110% in no time and back to doing what, you know, he wants us to do while we're here in Denver. Wow. That's praise God for that. So I appreciate you giving me a report on that. And what I'd like to do is just pray and, and just pray that, uh, for the church plant that you're involved in and that, uh, your wife will continue to just heal and get stronger. And father, I thank you for, uh, Jason calling. Um, I thank you that you did work. You, uh, began to heal. You used, um, some surgery to do that, but in a way that, uh, Lord, it's just uh, the results are to where she's getting stronger and the pain is uh, being relieved. And Lord, I just pray that you continue to help her uh, just be strong and uh, complete healing. And they're giving you the glory. And Lord, as they do a work, a work of planning a church, uh, I pray that you would bless them. I pray that you'd um, just guide them and direct them how we need the work of God to just spread and continue in the Denver area and Colorado across this nation. And so, Lord, I pray that you would strengthen them, that you would encourage them, that they would be faithful to just serving you in every way and loving you and loving the congregation that you give to them. Um, and, Lord, we just pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So hey, I just wanted calling. to give a big shout-out to all the Grace FM listeners who prayed along with us that day. Um, you know, that multitude of prayer just, man, yeah. it's, it's powerful. It is powerful. So I appreciate you calling and just encouraging us with that update uh, concerning your wife. And God bless you as you plant your church. Keep, up, keep us updated, and we're going to continue to pray for you. Absolutely. I I got so excited when I heard your voice when I got in the truck today because I hadn't heard your voice in two weeks. So I was like, yes, I get to call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I took a couple of weeks off. And, you know, I I had I had a son graduate from UNC. Um, I had a son graduating from high school. Uh, we went down and uh, my father-in-law went home to be with the Lord. Um, so we had a memorial service. There was just a lot going on. But uh, I'm back, and it's always a privilege to be back on, and I just appreciate your encouragement and update. Awesome. Well, All right. I will be. I will definitely be in touch uh, down the road. Um, okay. okay. I, I, I can't wait to talk to you again. All right. God bless you. God bless, Pastor Jeff. Thank you very much. You bet, Jason.
Bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. So give me a call, and let's continue with Mike. He's calling from Westminster as well. Mike? Hi. Mike, you're on Calvary Live. Well, thank you. Uh, well, first of all, congratulations on the graduation of your son from college and your son from high school. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. And I'm sorry to hear about the loss of your, uh, what was it, your stepfather? Yeah, my father-in-law, my wife's father, and yeah, he was 87. And, he, yeah, he was he was ready to go home, Mike. And, uh, right, we're, we're go- years old. That's that's good. Yeah, yeah, and we're gonna miss him, but we know that he's with Jesus, and uh, even, even though we grieve, we don't grieve as though we have no hope, and uh, we're very grateful for him and what he meant to our family and uh, how he welcomed me into the family. So um, it was a special time to be with the family down there in Colorado Springs. So thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. Well, you're welcome. And my question was, uh, I, I, a couple callers back I'd heard, I think it was you that made the statement that um, God cannot look upon sin. What the caller called, and he was, his premise for his question is, God cannot look upon sin. And so he was wondering about, then why did Satan, you know, in that heavenly scene stand before God, you know, and also when we sin in our hearts, the Holy Spirit. So that was uh, kind of his premise. And I said that God does see sin. Um, he sees sin, you know, that we do. Nothing's hidden from him. And so we kind of took it from there. Okay. Well, then, I apologize. I caught the tail end no, of that. Okay. I was looking <laughs> for—I w- I was hoping to hear, then, the reference— you know, the address to that, because I don't think there is one. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't think there is one. I think sometimes, um, Mike, what what I've heard in some teachings um, is that when Jesus, um, when he was on the cross dying for his sins, and the one who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God, in Christ Jesus, but when at that moment when he cried out, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I think some Bible teachers and commentators take that to say that as the sins of the world were put upon Jesus, that that he couldn't look upon that, um, that he looked away, Jesus was forsaken at that time as he became sin for us, but there's no reference that that God doesn't see sin that I know of or look upon sin because we know he sees everything. He, he There's no sin hidden from him. And we do have reference that those who regard iniquity in their hearts, he will not hear us. And it isn't that God doesn't hear us audibly, but I think what he's saying that is that um, if we regard sin in our hearts, as in the book of Isaiah, that he will not hear us, is that he's not going to bless sin. Um if we pray, uh, like, Lord, help me uh, in this relationship that's a sinful relationship or bless this sin I'm going to do, he's not going to hear us, right? So there's references like that. 
Um, but I think you're right. I don't think there's an address of, of what, um, you know, God cannot look upon sin. Mike, you there? Okay, I lost Mike. Hopefully um, that that helps Mike out and stuff. Hey, we got open lines, so I'd love to talk with you. 303-690-3000 is the number to call, and I'd love to talk to you about the things of the Lord and uh, be able to converse with you and uh, try to bring any kind of clarity and understanding uh, that you might have concerning the Scriptures and stuff. We can go to our text line. Uh, there is a text question that came in that Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 says, Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Does that mean that works are involved in our salvation? Um, what Paul is saying in that, and we can go to Philippians and kind of read it in context, that Paul in Philippians chapter 2 is talking about humility. He's talking about um, that, um, that we are to consider others, uh, looking out not only for your own interests, but the interests of others. Don't do anything through selfish ambition or conceit, but in loneliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself. Then he gives the ultimate example uh, of Jesus who humbled himself, made himself of no reputation, taken on the form of a bondservant, coming in the likeness of men. And then, therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth. Um, and then Paul goes on and says, Therefore, my beloved, because of this, um, as you have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, this is Philippians 2.12, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, Paul doesn't say that work for your salvation he says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling because of what Jesus Christ has done in coming and dying for you. And, um, and he went to the cross um, that it, at the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow uh, of those in heaven and those on the earth and those under the earth, and that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Work out your own, out your own salvation. In other words, that don't play games with your salvation. Work it out. Take your salvation seriously. Because in the next verse, verse 13, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. He's working in us. And salvation is a free gift as we come in faith. We cannot work for salvation. But when we are saved, that living faith is working. And and it's so great a salvation that we have that we want to make sure that we don't take it lightly uh, work it out with fear and trembling. So hopefully um, that um, that we'll be able to, um, you know, uh, just as we have him work in us, both the will and do of his good pleasure, um, that, uh, Lord, I, I want to live for you, and I want to walk with you. So um, so anyway, let's go back to, to Michael in uh, Denver on line two. Pastor Jeff, God bless you, sir. How are you today? I'm doing great. I'm doing fine. Uh, Me and my dog, it's sitting in my car. It's about 92 degrees now. It's starting to cool off a little bit. Oh, yeah, it's a hot one. I'll tell you. You know, that last thing you were talking about, Pastor, on the last phone call about God not blessing prayers, 
uh, you know, when a person prays about what what is definitely a sinful situation, like uh, wrong relationships and stuff, and this and that. Um, I believe that I believe what you're saying is is true, because many years ago, when I was when I was uh, uh, going through a very bad period in my in my life, in my Christian walk and everything else. I was living in a, I was still married and separated from my wife and living with a woman. And, uh, I, God, God never left me alone in that. He, the Holy Spirit never was, was never relented on, uh, telling me I needed to get out of that situation. But I wasn't man enough just to do it. And I actually prayed. I said, God, I know this is wrong, and I don't have what it takes to get out of it. I said, "You need to. You need. I please get me out of this situation, and so that so that I don't have to sin anymore." And he he came through like lightning, and caused the situation to some circumstances to happen to where uh, she told me that she wanted me to move out and stuff, and. So I believe in that. I believe in that. Uh, in what you're talking about there, I, I think my premise is right. That God answers those kind of prayers, doesn't He? If we know something's wrong and we need His help to get out of it. Yeah, you know, kind of the reference I was making, like Isaiah chapter fifty-nine. <laughs> Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor His ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. And, you know, it's, it's again, the Lord's not going to bless sin. And here's the thing, Michael, and you know this, that that's why we have the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Hebrews chapter 13 tells us, as the writer of Hebrews quoting from, um, I believe, Psalms, that the Lord chastens us, and he chastens us or disciplines us because he loves us. He doesn't want us to go down that road that's going to harm us. Um, he, he doesn't want us to be hurt by sin, and he loves us enough as a loving father, just as I'm a father of four kids, I'm going to, I discipline my kids. Um, I, I correct them uh, when they're doing wrong because I love them, and I want them to do what's right. And so the Lord does the same thing with us. And so the conviction of the Holy Spirit is there to draw us to him, uh, to, to, for us to, uh, you know, to, to, to sense that conviction. I'm thankful for the conviction of the Lord. Sometimes that conviction can be very heavy because David writes about in the Psalms about how his bones ached and, and how heavy it was, especially during that time he's writing when you know, he sinned with Bathsheba, and he hid that sin for about nine months, uh, and then the Lord convicted him during that time. So the conviction of the Lord is always to bring you to the Lord. Now the condemnation of the enemy is to push you away from the Lord, and that's the difference, and that's what we need to remember. But you know, what Isaiah is saying is that when we're involved in, uh, you know, sin, um, when we're involved in that which is wrong, uh, according to God's word, he's not going to bless sin. And uh, he, he's not going to uh, just allow his children to continue in sin. Um, 
Psalm 66 says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. That's that reference, uh, because the Lord wants us to walk the highway of holiness. I, 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 I agree with you on everything you're saying, Pastor. God is great, yeah. and how God is great, and how He's never He's never relented in trying to get hold of me all of those years, and try and try to get my attention. And He got my attention in a number of ways and different. Things. All I can say is praise God for that. Yeah, and a couple of thoughts here, you know, Michael is. The Lord is long-suffering and patient with us, and we cannot confuse or uh, the long-suffering and the patience of God with the approval of God, because sometimes Christians can think, "Well, God isn't, you know, doing, you know, He's not bringing, you know, judgment on me, or He's not, you know, disciplining me at the time, um, and nothing's bad happened." Um, to think that uh, God is approval of of my sin, He's approving of it, or He doesn't see it. We got to dismiss that because He does see, and He does not approve of it. So we cannot confuse the long suffering and patience of our Lord with the you know that the Lord approves of our sin. He does see it, and we are going to reap what we sow, and there are going to be consequences if we continue in that sin, and He will bring conviction to us, and he will discipline us because he loves us. Doesn't it say in Proverbs to, if you, you sow the wind and reap the whirlwind? Yeah, um, you know, you're going to, I, you know, the reference I made is Galatians chapter 6, that don't be deceived, God is not mocked, whatever a man sows, so shall he reap. And if you sow into the flesh of the flesh, you'll reap corruption, if you sow into the Spirit of the Spirit, you're going to reap everlasting life. Good things are going to happen. And here's the thing, Michael. Every day we're sowing. Are we sowing unto the Lord or are we sowing unto the flesh and sin and carnality? And if we're sowing unto the flesh, carnality, and sin, then there's going to be a bad harvest that's going to come up, and it's going to hurt us. And I think that, Michael, um, you, you got me thinking that— um, I think that sometimes pastors feel like they can't address sin. Matter of fact, uh, unfortunately, I think there's a growing trend in the church that pastors don't want to mention sin or discuss sin. Uh, They'll kind of dance around it a little bit or water it down, or you know, they'll they'll say we're not going to use the word sin. We'll we'll make use the word mistake or some other analogies or whatever. I think that pastors more today need to address sin and and to know that sin hurts and that God wants us not to be involved in sin, but to walk. We're reading in Isaiah, uh, when the Lord comes back, that in the millennium reign, that there's going to be this highway that's called the highway of holiness, that that's what we need to be walking now, the highway of holiness. That's the best way to live and to be free um, and to to draw close to the Lord and to have a good conscience and to be blessed in every way. Uh, But sin is not going to bring that. And I think that pastors need to address sin, especially as we go through the Word of God, because the Bible addresses it. Well, I think also, Pastor, because 
I, I, I'm being an evangelical Christian, and I don't claim a denomination because I don't believe in in that type of thing. I believe I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, like the early church. I, I'll call myself a Christian, but I like to call my more self a believer. But with the return of Jesus at the at the period at, with at the rapture to take his church out of here and stuff. People live, living in delusion of things that are taught by a false doctrine, believing that their sin's not that bad, and they're saying this and that. With the return of Jesus coming soon, town of playing, playing games is over with, isn't it? The Lord's coming back, so we want to keep our eyes on him. And, you know, John writes that he who has this hope, that is the return of the Lord, purifies himself. So here's the thing, Michael. If I live every single day thinking that even though we don't know the day or the hour that the Lord's going to come back, but Jesus said be watching and waiting and looking for the Master's return. And if I live in the expectancy of the Lord could come back today, the one that I love, the one who died for me, then I'm not going to be running down to the bars and and living in carnality, has a purifying effect on my life. Um, So that's why I think it's important for us to keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, and be looking for the return of the Lord, uh, because these are dire days, and the Lord can come back for us. We don't know when, but he could come back for us. Jesus said, when you're least expected, and uh, it has a purifying effect when we live in that mentality. Thanks, Michael. Appreciate it. Thank you, Pastor. Okay, stay cool. You bet. All right. All right, we got time for another call. Let's go to Mike in Erie. Hi, Mike. Uh, Hi, Pastor. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. Um, So one of the things I've been trying to do better is, uh, or trying to understand more, is uh, hearing hearing God's voice, like actually having a two-way dialogue as opposed to what I feel like oftentimes is just a one-way dialogue where I'm just sort of praying and then and then hoping that I am kind of walking in the spirit but you know so there's a so uh, there are some passages in uh, Samuel where where David you know this is after he's sort of he was running from Saul and all these kind of bad things were happening and then right. afterwards he sort of comes back to the Lord and you know, asks him very direct questions like, should I attack the Bububites or whoever it was? And the Lord gives a direct answer. Yes, you should attack them, and you will right. you, you will have victory. And then there's times where, you know, and, and, you know, there's obviously Moses talking to the Lord, and then there's Elijah where he's, you know, distraught and, and you know, about ready to throw himself off a cliff, and then the Lord comes in this still, soft voice and asks, speaks to him directly, and then, of course, there's Job, where he's spoken right. to directly, and, and I have, I don't, I can't say that I've ever experienced that, but I would love to, and so I picked up this book, um, it's by John Eldridge, I don't know if you've ever read it, uh, but it's uh-huh. Hearing God's Voice, you know, and, you know, he talks about going through these exercises where you don't ask the Lord anything that involves too much emotion you're not really trained to hear him yet, but it's very simple things like what chapter should I read, you know, from the from the book of John. And he actually gives an example where he does that. He prays and says what chapter, and then he says he hears 
chapter 10. You should read chapter 10. And I just don't know how I feel about that, if that's really God or if that's just the thought that happens I, in I don't, mind. I don't you know, know Mike. And, yeah, and we just got, you know, less than two minutes, and I'll, I'll try yeah. to just encourage you. For yeah. me, the two-way conversation for me, and I've been doing this a long time, and it doesn't mean that the Lord doesn't speak to me in that still small voice, but that two-way conversation comes with I'm reading the Scriptures, and then as the Lord is just showing me things, uh, putting things on my heart, it's like, thank you, Lord. And and that's how I kind of have that two-way conversation. And when I got decisions to make, that scripture will come to mind that's primarily how he speaks to me i've never heard the lord audibly like david did or like elijah but i do want to still he'll hear the still small voice of the lord but it's primarily through the word of god mike and you know the word just touching my heart and in my heart guiding me and so i would encourage you you know, the exercise, what what chapter should I read? I'm not saying the Lord can't do that, but start oh. in a book and just go through it systematically and go through the Scriptures, continue in it, and the Lord's going to speak to you. And sometimes he'll, he'll put verses on your hearts or Scripture on your heart, and we have that relationship with Him, but it's mostly, for me, just going through the Word of God, you know? Yeah. Hey, Mike, okay. thanks for calling. Appreciate it. God okay. bless you. Hey, okay. thanks everybody for calling in. We had a lot of mics call in today, and what a blessing. I hope you enjoyed the show, and hope to see you next time tomorrow at the same time, 4 o'clock for Calvary Live. Have a great evening. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.